Welcome to Unsolicited, the Jenny and Mary show. <laughs> this is a podcast containing mostly intelligent thoughts on things that may or may not matter. I'm Mary O'Regan. I'm Jenny Yule. And we are friends who live in Seattle. <laughs> um, I'm in my 30s. Jenny's in her 40s. We both are copywriters from that kind of background. Um, and we met while working here in Seattle. Yes, it's true. <laughs> uh, oh, and we're both not from the area originally. It's true. I'm if originally that makes any difference. from the Midwest. I yes. think to a lot of people it does. Okay. I'm from the Midwest, Minneapolis. And I'm from ooh, San Francisco, but before that, uh, the East Coast. Yeah. New England and Brooklyn. Yeah. So, Indeed. Yeah. So we have a varied history <laughs> to support all yeah, of our definitely. thoughts that may or may not matter. Um, we have a few topics to talk about today that range from career topics to health topics to the internet to relationships. Um, let's just start maybe with, do you have a preference, Jenny? Let's, let's just start with career okay. stuff. Okay, all right. I'm going to take a sip of my wine. You should, tip, I should take a sip of my wine, too. Yes, okay, here um, we go. Okay, so Jenny, <laughs> Jenny and I both have a copywriting background. And we've both written lots of cover letters. We've read cover letters. Yeah. Why well, I haven't? Well, yeah, I guess I have had to read some. I haven't really been in a hiring position that mm -hmm. much, but as like a, part of a staff that yeah. got to review some stuff, I have read a few. Yeah, totally. Um, Definitely written a lot of them. You're kind of a pro at them, right? How do you feel no, about them? I hate them. Okay. <laughs> um, I find. First of all, I find updating my resume to be incredibly painful. Mm -hmm. um, it's not fun. Um, yeah, it's it's torturous, mm -hmm. and a cover letter is just an extension of that. Um, also, recently, I have been somewhat without a job, unemployed, mm -hmm. and so um, one of the things that you need to do with Washington State unemployment in order to get your weekly payout is mm. to at least apply for three jobs a week, Okay, which means I have been writing a lot of cover letters in the last few so months. Do you have to prove that you've applied for those jobs by sending the cover letters and resumes over to them? Ostensibly. Ah. So if the Washington, uh, I think it's the Department of Employment, uh, Employment, Unemployment, I forget, okay. uh, if they decide to randomly contact you, mm -hmm. you have to provide a list of all of the jobs that you applied for and mm -hmm. they could potentially do research on that. And I mean, it, I totally understand why they yeah. do it. It's so that people won't abuse the system. For sure. But it's pretty torturous, especially as a copywriter, because that particular position is somewhat hard to come by sometimes, oh, and yeah. you're often applying for jobs that you maybe don't want. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, trying to write a cover letter, especially for um, like a job that you may not be super <laughs> gung-ho about, you know, is a yeah. little bit yeah, difficult. Totally. But they're hard to write even when you're really excited yeah. about the job, you yeah. know? Um, you want to be you want to be invested in the job and you mm -hmm. want to make yourself sound interesting, but you don't want to seem like a, a chump either. Mm -hmm. I actually use the word stoked in one of my current cover I letters. I stoked is a good word. I, it makes I, you sound young and cool. Yeah, I weighed the options. <laughs> I reread the job description and I was like, I think they'll get it if I use this word and I never heard anything from them. So I don't, yeah. you know, I'm I don't sure know. it was all because of stoked. <laughs> stoked yeah. They were that just like, a, she said stoked. Flip that page over, yeah. moving on. <laughs> Well, okay, yeah. so the thing that brought this topic up is that I recently read um, this really fascinating, much passed around article on Mashable from a recruiter about 
um, basically like what they look at, what the first glance stuff they look at on uh, resumes and any sort of job submission is. And one of the things that I noticed among lots of interesting stuff in this article is that this recruiter hates cover letters. Um, this person in particular is a recruiter for engineers at Facebook, and so maybe engineers like aren't needing to really write cover letters so much, but I think that lots of places, you know, it would probably benefit. So I feel a little bit sad hearing that there are lots of recruiters out there who just hate cover letters, don't even look at them, and they're so time-consuming to write. And especially for a creative field like writing, which we come from, it seems like it would be really important to have that in there. I know as somebody who has hired people that I always look for a cover letter and I find them incredibly insightful as to whether or not the person can actually write because writing is not really so indicative on a resume. But um, I don't know, I'm sad to hear that. You know, recruiters, even if they're hiring in a creative field, they might not be creative per se, so they wouldn't necessarily want to see all that writing like the actual hiring manager for a writer would. I think, well, I think, and I read a couple of articles, too, about how, you know, cover letters are dead and, and recruiters don't want to read them. And with the algorithmic, you know, job databases that people have, like, are they even necessary as long as you have the keywords in your yeah. in your resume? I also yeah. read um, some people saying, like, instead of a cover letter, more people are going towards the, um, the summary. So mm -hmm. at the beginning of your resume, you create a summary. And mm -hmm. I actually have two versions of my resume. One with and without? One with and without, yeah. yeah. Um, and again, it's a place to like potentially put in those keywords that maybe mm -hmm. you're being triggered by, um, mm -hmm. by the database search. But how do you decide when you're gonna use the one with? <laughs> well, recently it's been when I'm halfway through the online application process and I realized that whichever myriad uh, job portal this company is using, some of them don't offer you an opportunity to put a cover letter in. Mm. And I realized that a couple of times too mm -hmm. late. And I personally feel that as a writer, you should always write a cover letter. Um, so too. Uh, and I think even if, even if the recruiter isn't interested in it, if you're your stuff eventually makes it its way to the hiring manager who potentially is a writer also. Yeah. I just think as a copywriter, and, and that's just, again, like super personal, very mm -hmm. specific to the industry. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, yeah, so I realized halfway through a couple of these online job portals, like, oh, my mm -hmm. God, I'm, I just applied and I didn't ever have the opportunity to put a cover letter yeah. in there. It's crazy. Um, so I, I became more cautious about just mm -hmm. hopping my way through the different mm -hmm. screens. Um, but yeah, I think it's I think it's important. I know it seems antiquated. I did read another article that said, you know, on the one side it allows a hiring manager to see culturally if you're going to fit within this organization, which yeah, is a big sure. thing these days. You know, gone are the days of like working at Boeing mm -hmm. and being there for 50 years, and it doesn't matter what the culture of the company is. Mm -hmm. Like that culture is a really important selling point these mm -hmm. days. Um, but this same article also said, you know, they might be able to find that out from your cover letter, but they can also use social media. Yeah. Because a lot of people want you to share your Facebook, your For Instagram, sure. you know, your, and they want to see, like, who you sort of really are, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, so that was kind of interesting to, like, those hear those two different points. Like, mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I personally like them, and I think that they have a place. Yeah. Oh, that was another thing. I was mm -hmm. talking to um, my boyfriend, mm -hmm. uh, who works in a, a field more like engineering, and he was saying that he doesn't. He thinks they're useless. They're pointless. And mm -hmm. I said, "Well, that's 
to me because your job deals in black and white. Yeah. Your job is about, I've had this many years of training. I know yeah. how to do this, this, this. I know that program. Mm -hmm. And they, they want you, I mean, yeah, culture might be a thing, but it's more about can you do this very specific technical job? Isn't there always like a need for some explanation though in applying for a job? Like, isn't there always like some reason to say like where you're trying to take your career or like why you want to work at that company? I know that's a huge one that you can't put on a resume, but that people want to hear about. That's supposed to be, I think, like the third paragraph in a cover letter. If you have a formula, it's like the first paragraph is just an intro, who you are. Second paragraph is what you have to offer the company, your skills. And then the third paragraph is why you want to work there. And then the fourth paragraph is like your sign-off. And those are things that you can't really get in a into a resume per se. Like, I mean, even in a summary paragraph, you probably wouldn't include why you want to work for that no. particular company. But that can be kind of major to a lot of hiring managers and recruiters. So I just feel like it's, there's so much missing if you don't get that opportunity, even in a more like tech kind of job where a lot of it is just about which programs, you know. And, I can see that. And for me especially, I'm definitely somebody who looks for the personality in the person because you want, you're going to work with them. You want this person to be like And you're going to awesome. have them work with potentially your team. Like as yeah. a manager, you want to make sure that they fit in. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean... Yeah, as, as much as culture is becoming like a really important thing, it seems like you would want to be able to give somebody a little bit more information about you. And, I mean, social media sites are great, and it's, I, I applaud to anybody who's smart enough mm -hmm. to curate their sites to not be offensive, to mm -hmm. realize, like, people could see this. But, I mean, it's still, most of the time, it's personal, mm -hmm. you know. And your professional self it is potentially a little bit different than your personal self. Yeah. I hope for some people. Yeah. I know. For sure. Um, <laughs> totally. I mean, it's you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. So, um, and that's something I've debated a lot with, with social media. Like, for example, my Twitter account, um, Art of War is my Twitter name. War as in W-O-R-E. Little <laughs> plug there. There are underscores in between the words. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, I've thought about that because I use Twitter mainly as a place to, A, like promote any blog posts that I've written recently, which is not always all that often. But then more often is just to like kind of be funny. Like, I don't, I feel like Twitter, if you're not using it for like news or to communicate with a particular person, and you're just putting an update, it should at least be entertaining. Yeah. You know, and I've worried about that sometimes that like, and I've taken some tweets down because I've thought about, man, oh, what, I if a, what if a hiring manager was looking at this list of tweets and like didn't get my sense of humor and just thought like I was some like weird pervert or something, <laughs> you know, like, because I've got some stuff on there that's kind of like, I think yesterday my tweet was, um, I had to look up tater tot nachos and jello shots on uh, my fitness pal the other day <laughs> and how I, th I thought it was interesting that both of those were in there. Of course they're in so there. So other people... That's a, that's a burning <laughs> question that people have like, and they probably need to know right at that moment too. <laughs> yeah, do I like, do this oh, jello shit. shot? Hold on, come back. Um, P.S. It only said 50 calories per jello shot, which I was like, yeah, Does it depend duh. on flavor? Or no? There were only like two different kinds of jello shots in there, so I just chose the lesser calorie one. But um, tater tot nachos really high, so oh, probably yeah. shouldn't. Eat tachos those. are gonna but kill you. I know, and I <laughs> I actually looked it up as tachos. Yeah, and, <laughs> and they, were like, they were in there. <laughs> they were in there, which was awesome. It's a thing. But when I updated Twitter, it, I said tater tot nachos because tachos is a really weird looking word. It is strange. Just to see. Anyway, but that's the kind of stuff that I'm putting on there. So I don't know. It's like, is that inappropriate? I'm not. I know that you're not an offensive person, but there are people who have been fired for tweeting. Yeah. 
like totally. things that you're you read it and you're like what were you thinking you totally. know like, yeah I've taken down some before that I wrote mm-hmm. and then I thought about it for a while and I was like you know that could probably offend somebody so I took it down it's funny um, I use Facebook more in the way that you use Twitter I'm not, well your Facebook is private though right my Twitter oh, is so like private. public it's everybody can read it oh I see what you mean yeah I don't have it like I don't have a lockdown on it can you lock down Twitter yeah, you can have private Twitter, for sure. Yeah, definitely. And Instagram. I which don't is use Twitter public. a ton. Yeah. I only use it when I have a random thought that to say just, that... Just, just dying to get out. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's my place for just... So you're like, your little, like, how do you say that word? Bon mot? Is it, what is that? It's like a little pearl of wisdom. It's your clearinghouse for your little... Yeah, it's just usually a pearl of stupidity, though. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's move on Sorry. to other topics no in more case we're, like, pearls. taking this one too far. Um, okay, so if we go on to a health-related topic yeah, that um, health. we have, Jenny and I have both been talking about <laughs> lately, because it's something we've both experienced that I think is... Well, we should probably that... delve a little bit into <laughs> us as healthy individuals or non-healthy individuals. Sure, yeah. I am not a healthy person. Okay, I um, disagree with that. Okay. Well, I mean, I, not that I get to have an opinion <laughs> on your health level, but I, I feel like it. you think you are less healthy than you actually are. It's because I could do a lot more to be healthy. So, I mean... I was very thin growing up, and I'm just going to say that I never really wanted or needed to exercise. Yeah. And not that people need to exercise. People do to, need to exercise. No, I mean to maintain health. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, weight fluctuates. You maintain health. That's why you're right. exercising. But I'm just saying, like, you could be, you could be, you know, heavier and be healthy. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily, mm-hmm. you know, weight loss isn't necessarily the entire reason to be healthy, obviously. Yeah. It's not yeah. the entire reason. So, but I never really exercised, could eat whatever I wanted and everything. And then, like, yeah, like you said, I'm in my 40s and, like, around, like, 30-something, like, oh, the metabolism started slowing down. Really? 30 and for you? Yeah, it, oh. it lasted a while. I would have um, thought it would have been even later, though. Just well, I mean, it started to slow down. It, t- okay. it was gradual, you know, and I started realizing, okay. oh, hey, you can't eat all the cheeseburger yeah. or whatever. And then, like, mid-30s was when I started, um, like, I always drank a bit, but I mm-hmm. really started getting into drinking in my mid-30s. <laughs> um, yeah, like, what's this, alcohol? I know. I was like, oh, brown liquor. Get <laughs> over here. Um, that is a huge issue um, in terms of, like, weight gain and, and health, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So where I am currently, um, I think I could stand to tone a few things up. Okay. I don't exercise. You walk. I walk when I have to. I, I like regularly. a leisurely walk, okay. but I don't, I'm not a power walker. You right. don't see me, like, in the mall before yeah. I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I would, I would like to try to get into some sort of exercise. I need to be tricked into it. Like, when, you know, if we talk about taking, like, a dance class or mm-hmm. going, even just going dancing on a Friday night, like, that yeah. to me is like, oh, guess what you just did? Exercise. <laughs> yeah, totally. So that's my health level. Okay. Um, I would say my current health level is that I'm very much paying attention to it. I'm aware of it every single day. And I, it's be- also because, like, I would say my late 20s is when I was suddenly, like, Oh, okay. <laughs> it's not always just going to stay this way. Okay, I guess I need to, like, pay attention. Um, maybe not eat, like, an entire tombstone pizza for dinner and followed oh, up man. by some Swiss cake rolls for dessert, that which sounds... was what I ate for, like, two years for oh. a while there. It was a really lovely two years. <laughs> it was fucking awesome. But um, anyway, so now I, I, what I'm trying to do is form habits, that are smart, that I can just like take with me for all of life. 
and um, our friend Amy was part of the inspiration for this because she was the one who told me about how I think it's like it takes doing something six times consistently at the same time to form a habit and so I decided to try that with working out and so I work out every day before work for 30 minutes just do some like cardio in the gym that's downstairs in my apartment building and it totally turned into a habit and now it feels weird when I don't do that and so I feel like um, somebody who is regularly exercising which is nice um, so I don't have to really worry about that because it's just built into the day's routine and then I also try really hard to be very conscious of the food that I put into my body um, and mainly my focus is just I want to eat vegetables every day which is why is it hard why it just is though I think it's just Ugh. it it's a lot easier because Vegetables require thought, pre-thought. Yeah, do you, you know gotta what I do mean? something too. Like you could and go and you could get a salad, and that maybe is something that doesn't require a lot yeah. of thought. But when you're cooking at home, like you need, they need to be fresh. You yeah. can't just throw. The, I mean, you can have frozen peas, and I do totally. Oh love yeah, frozen peas. We do frozen veggies. But I mean, like a lot of the time, you it's fresh is better. Preparation, mm -hmm. you know, it's just mm -hmm. they require more time and energy and thought. And totally. I think like a lot of times people myself included, or just like, I don't want to think about it. Don't want to. Um, yeah. Which is why, God bless all of the, like, food delivery apps that are happening right now. <laughs> oh, my God. Life-changing. I, so I have good. not been partaking because unemployment, oh. so. Yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> it, it'll, it'll come to you at some day. I have been cooking at home more. Yeah, you, so. well, you're an awesome cook, too, so. And you really like it, too. That's also, yeah, like, I major. I hate cooking more than, like, I hate hurting myself. Like, I would rather stub my toe <laughs> and just get it over with. Than make a meal. That's so depressing. <laughs> it's, so, it's so like yeah. cathartic and oh, I hate sort it of so like much. I hate it so much. It's chopping at it. Fry. Oh, I hate it. But I do it still because my boyfriend wisely realized about five years in that he needed it because he was doing all of the cooking kind of like how you are with Steve yeah. now. God bless him, lucky man. Um, he was doing all of the cooking because he really likes it and is good at it. Um, but I think once he joined me when we moved out to Seattle, he was like, okay, now we're going to start doing this thing where you actually cook sometimes too. And how about we alternate days? Um, and so we started doing that and I learned like five, six things that I can make. You're a good cook. I would. You are. When it's something I that mean, I've already made like 10 times. All right. That then. But when Every, I try something new, it's usually like that. a little bit of a disaster it's, for the first few times. It's super hard to just do some crazy new Corey thing. Corey does new it. things and they're amazing all Well, that's Corey. He's a special person. Yeah. Yes. But anyway, so, um, okay. yes, okay. I try to eat my vegetables and I exercise daily only for like 30 minutes, but it's a habit. Um, and okay, so speaking blah, blah, blah. of vegetables, that oh, leads us into our topic. Our ultimate topic. Bloating. Bloating. <laughs> Yay. Oh, it's part of being a lady. Also a man. Do you guys get bloated? Yes. Yes. Okay. Guys do get bloated, but I don't think that it, I don't think it, like, happens in the same way that it is for ladies. Like, you were telling me the other night that's, that you reach a certain age, and, like, it doesn't really matter what you eat. You're just in, like, a perma-state of like, bloat. There's just, like, a, a forever level of bloat that's happening. I don't know if it's bloat or what, but, like, my, my grandmother, we were sitting yes. on the beach in Florida, and this tiny little woman older woman walks by and she's so little like all around her body except for her like abdomen yeah and it mm -hmm. it just was this little round thing yep. my nana was just like it just happens <laughs> and i was kind of like well, oh shit like nana yeah mine started to develop over the last couple years and i've just been mystified for a while there i didn't really know that it was a bloating thing i just thought like 
am I just bigger now? Like, what's going on? But it does kind of fluctuate yeah. in size. No, it's Depending funny. on what you eat, partially, too. Par- partially what you eat, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think about how, like, I used to eat a meal and... I mean, I already carry, like, I've got that whole stubborn belly fat thing that you <laughs> yeah. see advertised, like, on banner ads that follow you everywhere. It's really <laughs> annoying, and I'm always Thanks, like, internet. get out of my face. Yeah. Um, but the the bloating, like, I, you know, 10 years ago I could eat whatever, mm-hmm. and I'm, I never really felt, like, uncomfortable after I ate. And yeah. now when I eat something, I'll be like, and again, it depends on what I'm eating, mm-hmm. but I'll be, just be like, oh, why? Like, yeah. the pain or... Yeah. Just gas, too. Yeah. You know? Like, if I'm going to be going to something, there are certain things that I should not eat if I want to be a pleasant person oh, to totally. be around. Yeah. You know? Which is really fucking sad. Like, raw broccoli. Yeah. Raw broccoli is a killer. I don't eat a lot of raw broccoli, but cooked broccoli even does that, too. Really? I think so. I thought all cruciferous vegetables. Cabbage. I, um, yeah, probably. Uh, uh, Brussels sprouts. Basically, my favorite vegetables. Broccoli, ca- cauliflower. They all definitely make you gassy. But then there's beans, which, oh, they're so, they're so good, for you. good for you. And they're, they're really so mean you. to you, too. Like, I, like our probably, friends, we have a they're good for yeah, you, I right? Know. Yes, actually, and I did even, God, this is so pathetic. But I did even look up, like, is gas bad for you? Like, is farting <laughs> bad for you? No, no, it is not. No, it's just it is society. very good for you. Yeah, like, society wants you totally. To like, all the nutritionists in the world are like, eat all those grains and all those veggies and all those beans and fart all day and you're going to live forever. It's only bad when they <laughs> people drop the SPD on the dance floor like when we were out last weekend. Yeah. That was just, you find I a mean, corner. You find a corner in your window. Don't, yeah. don't subject everybody well, to that. those guys are really determined that we were their corner. <laughs> but anyway, so that, yeah, that one ritual. just... So I have sworn off beans now. What? Well, mostly. Like, yeah, you I, need to eat beans. I don't... I feel like I should eat beans if I want to not have bloating. Well, maybe you can eat beans in smaller quantities. Maybe I'm going to just be eat less often. And to be aware of when I'm going to be eating beans so that I don't eat beans and go to a party. You know? Yeah. Like, what What beans are you swearing? Are you swearing Okay, off? so, like, for example, hummus is, like, one of my favorite snacks in this world. Yeah, chickpeas. And that... Hummus is, like, an if-then situation. If I eat hummus... <laughs> Two hours later, those hummus are making themselves known. You hummus. know, hummers. <laughs> hummus to hummers. Hummus. Um, that's disappointing. It is disappointing. It's so, so good for you. I'll just eat hummus if I'm going to be like at home or something. Or maybe we just change society's opinions about farting. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start. I mean, like you think about how healthy that 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 would be for you to eat. I'm mm-hmm. trying to think of like mm-hmm. in countries where a Mediterranean there's a Mediterranean diet and how healthy they are and how much longer healthy. they live. Yeah. Olive oil, beans, yeah. vegetables, yeah. like you know, fish, stuff totally. like that. It's sad. I and mean, it's the just, one that makes me the most sad above like hummus and cruciferous vegetables, which I love, onions. Oh yeah, so tell me <sighs> you read about that onions are not Yeah, onions are just bad for bloating and gas, basically. And onions is, are in everything. Is it only if they're raw? Like I don't think it matters. Similarly to broccoli, I think that you're still gonna get that with or without it being cooked. I think it's worse if something is raw, probably yeah. because the cooking like breaks some stuff down Harder a little bit. For you to but digest. it's still like if you eat a shitload of Brussels sprouts, for example, even if they're cooked and delicious, like you're probably gonna be farting later. And kind of thing, yeah, pretty much. I see. Those are all the things. And yeah. now that I'm eating 
vegetarian. Yes, dude. I, my choices are I can't go around having like a chicken no. breast. No. Yeah. No. Sorry. It's true. Yeah. It's very true. It'd so, be harder. I know. It's really kind of depressing. I think I even read that like whole grains can like do that. Oh, I'm sure. It's like everything healthy, basically. Well, that's the thing because because it is meant to clear aid you in, out, aid yeah. in your digestion. Yeah. You know, like there's fiber and and you're getting minerals from it, and your body. I mean, when you think about what our bodies are doing, it's kind of insane All that we now do more potentially disgusting stuff. It's completely insane. Like they're taking nutrients out of this thing that grew on a tree or out mm-hmm. of the ground and making them into stuff that keeps us walking and talking. It's totally insane. I mean. Farts are a small price to pay for a miracle. <laughs> I love you, Jenny. Thank, thank you for keeping it real, bringing us back to really what matters. The miracle of life. Of digestion. Yeah, completely. It's kind of amazing, right? I don't know. And, like, blessed are we that we even have digestive systems that right? are functioning properly. Like, this is very true. Good point. Good yeah, point. Yeah. You know? Yes. Like, it's working. That's at least something. For so, the most part, yeah. And in that topic, on a high note. <laughs> Yeah. A high note? A high note. A high note. <laughs> Indeed. I love a fart joke. <laughs> so much. All right. Well, we have covered a lot of ground. Let's add, uh, how about one more topic? All right. What should we talk about? Um, let's talk about, let's go to relationships. Ooh. All right. Our relationship topic yes. for the day. Um, and it doesn't necessarily mean romantic relationships. Yes. Friendships, whatevs, people that you acquaint with and see socially and even romantically as well though um so want to talk about this because i know it's uh something that's very you're very passionate about i'm super passionate about it so why don't you tell me a little bit about when you moved to seattle and what you what you experienced man (laughs) okay let's first start by saying that in a sense the seattle freeze is real the seattle freeze is real there also was a thing back in minnesota where i'm from called minnesota nice which is very similar. I feel like a lot of places have these things where they just sort of name it their own state, but it's just sort of a human thing. But maybe less so in like the South and East Coast. But East so Coast is a little bit the West Coast and Midwest. Yeah, I mean, but. I think like they're East Coast is very much well. When you go to New England, they're not about outsiders. Yeah, they're not. They'll they'll be nice to you mostly, mm-hmm. but they really unless they know you who your people are, they're not yeah. really gonna accept you right away Mm -hmm. and then my dad I love my dad because he would always say when he was in the west coast because he was he's from Long Island and he would be like I can't deal with the west coast because like people will smile to your face and stab you in the back but in in New York they'll just stab you right in the face yeah exactly so So there's a sort of east coast west coast thing I definitely appreciate the east coast vibe a little bit more actually because it's like you're you're very forthright I am very forthright and direct and so anyway our topic is um, all about flaking and people who are flaky. (laughs) And this really came to light for me when I moved to Seattle. Um, And I'm not sure if it was just like being a little bit older or moving to a different culture or what, and maybe it happens more in Seattle than other places, I don't know. But um, people here don't really do what they say they're gonna do (laughs) in terms of social plans. I would say there is a 50% actually going to follow through with the social commitment rate out here. And that was really hard for me to deal with upon moving here because I would make plans with people and so often they would bail like at the last second or even a little bit before, like a few days before, but sometimes like five minutes before. And it's, you're not 
allowed apparently to get mad at people for that out here, which I just do because I think that regardless of whether or not this is an accepted societal norm out here, it's fucking rude in my opinion to tell somebody that you're going to come over to their house or get together with them and then bail on them at the last minute. And of course there are good reasons if somebody is sick or they have an emergency or something like that, but I would say so much of the time they're just tired or they're just feeling lazy or they got busy or a lot of times it's like they overscheduled themselves and they just like didn't write down whatever it was you were supposed to do with them and they double booked themselves and so they've chosen you to flake out on instead of the other plans or whatever it may be, but I have had to come to terms with the fact that people here, it's a 50% might actually happen rate and you always have to be okay with the fact or ready for your plans not actually happening and for people to bail on you. Even if it's your fucking birthday party or like something that you feel like is a big deal, people are gonna bail. I don't know if it's an age thing or a Seattle thing or what, but give me your two cents, Jenny. So I'm a flaker. Oh, <laughs> I still love you. I know, and I don't flake on you. And Thank we've you. had we've had these very specific conversations. Because I'm an asshole. <laughs> no, it's because I recognize that it's something that's important to you. Thank you. And if I say yes to you, then I'm going to follow through. Thank you. And that's why don't you do this for other people? <laughs> because it's a two way thing. Because the, yeah. I mean, maybe it's maybe like you were saying, maybe it's because people don't complain about it when it happens to mm -hmm. them. So if somebody doesn't specifically tell me like you did, this is something that really bothers yeah. me when people do this. You know, and then I think like, well, okay, if I really want to be friends with this person and respect them and have yeah. like an honest relationship, then I'll listen to what they're saying. And totally. I'll, when I say yes, unless I have a really great reason, but other than that, like, I feel like I flake on people and they flake on me and I'm mostly okay with it. I mean, like oh. if my very best friends did, I would yeah. want a reason. You know, I say that, and then as I'm but saying, but if I flaked on you, you would be totally nice be, to me. I would be nice to you. I'd be fine oh, with it. Amazing. I would be fine with it, and I think maybe I don't know why that is because I wouldn't do it to you. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I I just feel like as long as well, it's funny because now I've got myself like in a situation where I'm saying like I wouldn't do it to you, but <laughs> I but you, I'll totally flake on that guy no, and her. No, no, I meant like like if you flaked on me, I would, but you wouldn't flake on me because because you hold. I don't flake. Yeah. I don't flake, man. I don't need to worry. I do not flake. It's, it's reciprocal. And that's, yeah. I think, the same thing with, like, other people. Like, I know I have friends that potentially have, have flaked on me mm -hmm. or, have, you know, sort of close to the last minute or the day I've been like, hey, I can't do this after mm -hmm. all. And I'm fine with that because it means that I can then also do that to them. And yeah. because I'm somebody who... Oof. I can, I can, you know, like, be at work after a day at work and be like, I don't feel great. I want to just go home. Or yeah. I'm a big... So another thing about Seattle that, you know, is pretty true is the weather in the winter yeah. is is it's so depressing nice. and it kind depresses me probably possibly more than other people so like if it's you know seattle january 3rd mm -hmm. we haven't seen the sun in days <laughs> maybe i'm pmsing mm -hmm. it's been a shitty day at work i'm like guess where i want to be yeah home yeah i don't want to yeah. go out totally. i don't want to have to and also public transportation in seattle isn't the greatest thing yeah it's so, you don't usually have a car it's, yep, don't use yeah. your car. It's really spread out in terms of neighborhoods. So yeah. I live in a neighborhood that's far away from where I potentially work, the downtown All other area. neighborhoods. Yeah. Many other neighborhoods. Yeah. And so that's another thing where I'll be like, I just really want to be home. Don't want to drive 45 minutes, have to get somewhere. Or take a bus that's an hour and a half. Two one of the buses. One of the first two times. Buses. Oh, Jenny. We spend like, so, one time, can I tell you yes. that last summer I spent, <laughs> this is embarrassing, I spent $45 on an Uber ride. Holy shit. That's what I said when I was looked it at it. Was it surcharging? It was surge Jesus. pricing. But this was when I was working and I was like, oh, I'm fine, surge pricing, yeah. la-di-da. Where were you going? 
we were in Pioneer Square and we went back to Ballard. Okay. It was surge surge pricing, so that means it was like rush hour. And I was like, no, no, I've got it, everyone, I've got it. Yeah. And then I saw it later, and I was like, holy, yeah, I've never had a forty-five dollar Uber. That's was insane. Disturbing. Wow. So when you like. That kind of stuff sometimes puts Yeah, and I get that. And I, honestly, I think back, and you are such a good friend, because I think back to one of the very first times that we ever got together, and um, it was to go thrifting. Mm-hmm. And this was, like, after I had only lived in Seattle for, like, a few months. And, like, I didn't, I don't think I even knew that you didn't have a car. Or maybe I knew, but I didn't realize how far away you lived from me. And you didn't say anything because you're, like, a blessed angel. <laughs> and instead, you just took a bus, like, an hour and a half all the way to my neighborhood. Yeah. Which, oh, my God. <laughs> and then, like, you... It was so sweet. And then after we went thrifting, I don't know if it was this time or another time. No, it was this but like, thing. oh my god, I can't believe you let me do this. But we went thrifting and I was really late for something that I had to get to and you were like, Oh, just drop me off downtown and I'll just take a bus back home. And so I dropped you off like in the middle of some random intersection and didn't think it was a big deal because you weren't making it seem like a big deal. And then you just took a bus the rest of the way. But like now I would never do that. Oh, my God. I would drive you home. What the hell? But I was new to the city. I thought maybe this is what people do. And <laughs> no, nobody does that. Yeah, you're right. too nice. But anyway, but yeah. So, um, flaking. <laughs> I just... I, I, I don't know. I don't have as much. Like I said, yeah. it, it's because it, it makes it a reciprocal possibility. It's true. So then I'm like, all right, I don't feel as bad. It's true. And not, I think that like my boyfriend, Corey, for example, is similar in that he doesn't really get that mad at people if they flake. I mean, he'll roll his eyes or whatever if he thinks it's like a another one of those, like, I'm tired kind of flakes. But he just, he won't, he doesn't stay mad or anything. I, on the other hand, I have ended friendships because of flaking. We're like three times in a row, I'm done. That's it. I'm sorry. I'm never going to contact that person to hang out again. It, and it's mainly like I'm just protecting my heart. Like I get really hurt when people flake on me. I feel bad. It's, And I know I shouldn't take it personally because it's their own shit. It's what they're doing. But it's just, it's not so much that, it's more a level of disappointment. Yeah. I'm just sad. Like those were my plans for the evening. I was excited to see that person or whatever it may be. Maybe we made dinner. So where I will accept flaking from a friendship, mm-hmm. I will not accept it from a romantic relationship. Mm. I definitely draw the distinction there. Yeah. Because Has that, Steve Berg flaked on you? Um, no. That's her boyfriend, by the way. Oh. Steve. His <laughs> he's going to be so happy Sorry, that his Steve. full name is on there. Love you, Steve. Um, no, I don't think that he ever has, and not, like, not in a way that I remember, um, but yeah, he's I, not a flaky guy. No, right? he's, he's like a rock. Yeah, that guy's, that's why you're with him. He's, he's solid, a solid. Good dude, yeah, good dude. Um, yeah. No, I, I just romantic relationships or even just like dating. I would not. I would not be okay with the flake. Yeah, that would piss me off because then it becomes. Then it's. I don't know why. To me, I, I don't. Different. I don't see a difference. I know, and I can. You know? I can understand that. Like, I'm, I'm just totally, like it's a respect issue either way totally. for my time for our relationship, like. Either way, it's just, like, fucked up if somebody flakes. I can see that. And I can't really express why. It's like, I can't tangibly express why it's different for romance versus friendship. But in my mind, I'm like, that just is how it is. Like, you just, of course, would be angry at somebody romantically if they decide to flake on you. Mm -hmm. But a friend, Mm -hmm. no biggie, because I... It's okay, I don't care. Well, and it's interesting because this is just more about relationships in general, that it's more allowed to get mad at somebody that you're romantically involved in than it is to get mad at a friend. Yeah. You know, like there are definitely things that if Corey, my boyfriend, did them, 
I would get angry at him for doing, but if you did them, I probably wouldn't get mad because you're not somebody that... I don't know what it is. What is that? It's I not, don't know. You have a higher level of expectation or something if you're a boyfriend? I suppose. Or I mean, I was thinking, like, maybe it's because you're living with somebody, but I would probably have those that same response yeah. if it was just somebody that I was dating. Totally. I, I don't know. Maybe it's a sort of, like, you expect that person to value you over all people. Yeah. And I don't necessarily expect my friends to value me over all their you know what I mean I mean I do have friends that are my closest friends expectations for sure but when you're entering into that romantic Mm -hmm. relationship you're like I'm your person over all people and you choose me all the time which Mm -hmm. sounds a little obnoxious but 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 that's that's relationships yeah that's what they're all about yeah and I think that that's something I try to keep in mind when I find myself being like a bitchy asshole to Corey (laughs) like if I'm moody or being snippy or something like would I say this to one of my friends? Probably not, because they would not be my friend anymore, you know? I think it's also that. It's that you find you can be bitchier to somebody that you know isn't going to leave because they've already invested themselves in that relationship, whereas your friends might fade out. Uh, But that's a gamble that... It's true. People shouldn't be taking. It's true. Because then you can, like, fall into a mega, like... My what's the miasma? What's that word? That's a word. Okay, of like disrespect <laughs> and resentfulness yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, like, that's no, that's true. It's horrible, horrible for yeah. sure. Yeah. So level of awareness is needed. Do that there. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Um, okay, I think that this was our first podcast. I know this was so much fun. It was fun. I love doing. I like this. that we can just get in the room and <laughs> in the bathroom. That's where we are. Full disclosure, we needed a quiet room and the bathroom is the quietest yeah, room. So as long as nobody's using it and nobody's using it at the moment. Thank you. No, God. we're not. <laughs> so yeah, this was um unsolicited, the Jenny and Mary show. It's our podcast containing mostly intelligent thoughts on things that may or may not matter. And my name is Mary O'Regan. Jenny you and you can find us on the internet. I have a blog called Art of War, W-O-R-E. It's a fashion mostly blog, but it's kind of expanding into other topics lately. Um, and I, Art of War is also my name on Instagram and Twitter, and there's a Facebook page about it too. You can find me in those places. Jenny, where are you? Ooh. You have a- I have a Tumblr. Awesome Tumblr. Come see things I reblog. Uh, <laughs> what is your Tumblr called? It's only 6.30, all spelled out, all mm-hmm. one word. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's like Tumblr.com. Mm-hmm. And then I have an Instagram, same handle. So if you like cats... Yes, we do like cats. Yeah, come check that out. Jenny and I are both cat owners. <laughs> <laughs> cat parents. Cat parents, I'm sorry. We don't own them, Mary. They live with us. I sort of feel like she's my property, but you know, whatever. It's all good. Um, Okay, so signing off. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.